not right between you and God. And if you are honest with yourself, you're just not even something right between you and you. Because you know what you have left, and you don't know that one day it's all going to come crashing around. It's all going to fall apart. You know that someday there's going to be a day of reckoning. And I'm not talking about like once you die and you know, heaven or hell. I'm talking way even before that. You know that the chaos that you caused and the problems that you caused by running from God, that you know that eventually it's going to catch up to you. You're, it's going to eventually catch up to you in all of the stuff. You're going to hit a wall going 50 miles an hour, and the chaos that you're creating is going to get to a boiling point that you can't continue to manage the chaos. And that's when everything falls apart. The pain that you cause the people around you, the pain that you cause your family, the pain that you cause your children or your parents is going to come to a boiling point. And somewhere out there, you know that you're going to have to wave your white flag and say, okay, I give in. Surrender. You know it's, it's out there somewhere, but you know it's not today, right? Because things today, they're going pretty good. Things are going all right right now. Yeah, you have your bumps and bruises, but you're not quite ready to wave your white flag and say, I surrender it all. So let's go back and let's look at Jonah, all right? God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, all right? Mosul is the, is the, is the where it's at located now. And it was 550 miles to the east. Where did Jonah run to? 2,500 miles to the west to Spain. Here's a map I'm getting ready to put up here to you. God says, I want you to go this way. And Jonah said, no, thank you. I am going this way. And I am going 2,500 miles away to the west. And as we looked at the first week, we said this. God lets people run. But they always run to unstable places. That Jonah, he made a bad mistake and got on a ship that was literally going to be sailing for over a year. And how many of us, when we run from God, we run to relationships, we run to addictions, we run to things, and it's unstable, dangerous, and wrong places. All right? Now, Jonah, Jonah didn't have a theological argument with God. Jonah didn't say, you know what? You know, let's, let me pray about this. No. Jonah just said, you know what? I heard God's word, I heard God's voice. I'm just not going to do it. In fact, some of you, you're going to read the Bible today, and you're literally going to hear God's voice, and you're going to go home, and you're going to say, you know what? It may be right. It may be true. I'm just not going to do it. Some of you, you I mean, you, you may hear the sermon today, and you're like, you know what? The dude's probably right. I'm just not going to do it. Others of you, people are going to give you advice. Well-meaning people that you wish that would just butt out of your business. We'll give you advice, and you're going to go, maybe good advice, not going to do it, all right? And that's what we have a tendency to do. Last week, we looked at this, that even though we can run from God, we can't outrun God. And that's a good thing, that we can run from God, but we can't outrun God. Today, our big idea that we're going to look at, and I want to go ahead and state it just in case you have to leave early. Our big idea, and the, and the lesson that Jonah's going to learn in Jonah chapter 2 today is this lesson, and here's our big idea. That God disciplines us not to pay us back, but to bring us back. Let's all say that out loud. God disciplines us not to pay us back, but to bring us back. That's huge, guys. Let me tell you, most people, they have their view of God. They have a view of that God is wanting to pay them back. And that is not how God operates. 
In fact, the whole reason why Jesus died on the cross for our sins is so that all that would be wiped away. There is no payback. The payback was taken care of by Jesus on the cross. That the reason why God disciplines us isn't because he's angry with us and because he's trying to put us under his thumb and to kick us around while we're down. No, 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 no. The reason why God disciplines us isn't to pay us back, but it's to win us back. It's to bring us back. That's what Jonah is going to learn at, that we're going to learn today. There may be, God may send a, be sending a storm your way. And the whole reason he's sending that storm is so that not, he's not trying to get you back. He's not trying to pay you back. He's trying to win you back. He's trying to bring you back. Now, Jonah chapter 2, where we're going to be at. By the way, if you don't have your Bibles, Jonah is in 701 of the Bible that we give away for free. Um, if you have another Bible, um, uh, you start from like Matthew and go back. If you start in Genesis, you will never find it, ever. All right, so look at your table of contents. That may be a good place, and it's also going to be on your screen. Sorry. All right, now, so Jonah is going to learn this lesson, and here's the thing. I just want to say this. Some of you, you may be, he's, he's going to be writing this. His experience in Jonah chapter 2 is happening in the belly of a whale or a great fish. All right, some type of fish or mammal. This big shark or whale swallowed him up. And the experience that he's going to be writing about after he gets out of the whale, he writes it down. It's his prayer. It's his white flag surrender prayer. And so we're going to be looking at the lesson that we're going to look at today, that God disciplines us not to pay us back, but to bring us back. Let me just tell you this. The belly of a whale is not a great place to live, but it's an awesome place to learn. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. You may be in the belly of some circumstances right now, and it is not a good place to live. Nobody prays, God, send me there. We just don't. It is an awful place to live, but it is a great place to learn. And let's look at what Jonah learned, all right? Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, and Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. From inside the fish... Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. And we talked about this last week. We all know when to pray, don't we? I mean, when when there's nothing else left to do, when literally, when we are as low as we can get, because he's in the lower parts of the whale's belly, and the whale is swimming underwater. You don't get too much lower than that. We all know when to pray. And look at what he prays in verse 2. I love verse 2. Because verse 2, it answers the age-old question, why do difficult things happen? Why do difficult things happen? All right, Jonah chapter 2, verse 2, it says this. He says, in my distress, I called to the Lord. In my distress, he did what? He called to the Lord. Isn't it true that for some of you and for me, the first time you prayed in a long time was when you finally got in distress? You You were staring at a pregnancy test. You were uh, in the backseat of a police car. You were driving home to tell your parents something that you've been avoided telling them. Maybe you were staring at the phone saying, I've got to call my wife and I've got to confess this. Uh, maybe uh, you're, uh, you're a lady at the end of the driveway and you know you have to go home and you have to have a difficult conversation with your husband. And in your distress, don't miss this, this is so powerful. In your distress, no matter what you believed about God beforehand, no matter what you had convinced yourself about God beforehand, before you left, before you ran away, regardless of how you justified your sin or how you justified your disobedience, in your distress, you called out to the Lord. And what does it say? And the Lord what? 
answered. You see, why do bad things happen sometimes? Bad things happen because, let me tell you, when things are great, we don't call out to God, right? I mean, y'all, I told you about this two months ago, three months ago now. I had a terrible bike wreck, you know? I thought my life was great until they life-flighted me to Vanderbilt. And everybody looks at me and says, were you, were you in a motorcycle wreck? And I'm like, no, I was in a bicycle wreck, right? It, I, I was really jacked up, right? And you know what? I had nowhere else to do. I, had no, I, did, I, I wasn't preparing sermons anymore. I wasn't talking to people. You know what I was doing? This is what I did for two months. I read the Bible. Some of you are going, that's boring. It, it, let me tell you, that's what I did. And I tell you, God brought me to the end of myself until in my distress, I called out to God, and he answered me. That is a promise. It doesn't matter how connected you are, how careful you are, how slick you are. Suddenly when you're broken, when you're busted, when you were found out, when you're discovered, when your back is against the wall, in your distress, you call out to God, and he answered me. I love that. I love that. Look at this. In my distress, I'll call out to the Lord, and he answered me. He repeats it. From the deep realm of the dead. This guy's on the verge of dying. He's in the stomach of a fish. Daggum. From the deep in the realm of the dead, I called out for help, and you listened to my cry. Let me tell you, God listens to the desperate cries from desperate people who are in desperate circumstances of their own making. God listens to people when they cry out for him desperately, when they're in desperate circumstances, even if, if, even if they jacked it up themselves, God listens to people like that and to people like you and to people like me. I love that. Let me tell you, your big pushback today. Some of you, you've not been to church in like forever or maybe you've never been to church and your thinking is this way, I can never come back because and you fill in the blank, whatever that is. Because you promised God something, you didn't do it, or something like that. And let me tell you, God is clearly calling, saying, listen, all you got to do is call out to me, and I will be there for you. You see, if you feel far from God, it's not that God has left you. It could be that we're the ones that walked away. But here's the amazing thing about this. Just like the father in the prodigal son story, God is always willing to have his arms open wide and say, come on back. I love you. Come on back. You're still my son. You're still my daughter. I tell you, I love that, that God is generous in his grace, but he's thorough in his discipline. When I, when I called out to God in my distress, he heard me and he answered me. God responds to desperate prayers from desperate people in desperate circumstances. Now look at the white flag that Jonah waves here in verse 3. He says, you... You hurled me into the deep. I mean, Jonah gets a matter of clarity here because practically it was the sailors who threw him into the deep. But Jonah now knows something. Because of his running, it really wasn't the soldiers, uh, sailors, excuse me, it really wasn't the sailors who did that. It, it, It wasn't about the storm. It wasn't about the fish. It was about him running from God. I love this. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. And all your waves and breakers swept over me. I mean, this dude is in the pit. He is literally thrown overboard, and now he's sinking like a rock, and the breakers and the waves are over him, and the storm has churned up all this kelp and seaweed we're getting ready to see in a little bit. And look what it says in verse 4. I said, I have been banished from your sight. 
I will look again to your holy temple. Quick question. Did your parents ever spank you? Let me see your hands. Parents ever spank you? All right. For some of you, I mean, my parents spanked me. In fact, I was talking to my mom about this the other day. She would make me go get a switch. Any other moms did that? I'm with you. Let me tell you what I would get. I would get some uh, uh, like old, really old branch that as soon as she had hit me, it would break. And, and she would say, no, that ain't good enough. And she'd say, go get a green one. <clears throat> Man, let me tell you, my dad spanked me with the belt. Anybody else? Your dad spanked me? All right. now, but some of you are like, that's child abuse. So before you send me any emails, I'm glad he spanked me with the belt. In fact, some of you out there, you're glad your parents did. In fact, in fact, there are some of you out there, we wish your parents would have spanked you with a belt. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. You've got neighbors next to you that won't keep their yard cut or clean. And it's like, how come their parents didn't spank them, right? I mean, some of you, we all know people that's like, man, I wish you were beat as a kid, right? But here's the thing, my parent, my dad would spank me with a belt, and he wasn't with the belt buckle or anything like that, it was just the very end of this leather belt, and I hated it. And here's the thing, right before my dad would spank me, I, I would become a new person. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like, dad, I'm sorry I didn't mean to hit her, you know, I won't ever do it again, you know, I'll, 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 eat, I'll eat my peas, my English peas, I'll do all of that, you know. And, and, and you know what my, parent, my dad would do anyway? He'd spank me. Why? Because... My dad was trying to help me connect the dots with something. That our Heavenly Father is wanting to help you connect the dots this morning as well. In fact, it says this in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 5. It says, think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, right? That's our parents. And we're children. So the Lord, your God, disciplines you for what? Does he discipline you because he's trying to get you back? Does he discipline you because he's mad at you and he just wants to see you in pain? Is that what it says? He says he disciplines us for our own good. My parents spanked me because they knew, as Jonah knows and our Heavenly Father knows, that sometimes discipline, it must come about so that we will connect the dots. And here's the dots we want to connect. That, this is interesting, we want to associate rebellion with pain. You see, the reason why my parents spanked me is so they wanted me to see that when I rebel, pain comes forth. All right? And, 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 it, and I always made the connection until I did something else stupid, right? Same with you. Here's the thing. Some of you, you've never connected the dots between rebellion and pain. And here's the interesting thing about it. When we get older, we don't get spankings anymore, do we? We don't get switches on our legs anymore, do we? But you know what? There's still pain associated with rebellion. It's just a different type of pain. It's a type of pain that you get fired. It's the type of pain where your business goes belly up. It's the type of pain where you get served papers. It's, type, it's the type of pain that you have to declare bankruptcy or you have to give up the house. There is pain associated with rebellion when we say, God, I'm going to do my own thing my own way. And God's like, hey, I love you. And I, 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 I'm sending you this discipline not because I'm wanting to get even with you. I'm not trying to pay you back. I want you back. I want to bring you back to my arms. That 
is the lesson that Jonah has learned in the belly of the fish. And this is so interesting. The reason why God maybe sends a storm in your life or a fish in your life or all of this stuff, it's to ensure that because of the memory of the pain and perhaps the scars of the sin, because of the consequences of your running, that you never, ever, 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 ever run again. That you don't run again. Look at verse 5 and verse 6. Jonah is remembering his time outside of just getting thrown overboard, and the fish hasn't come yet. Let's look what it says. All right, The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. So he's remembering. He's remembering what happened. He's thrown overboard, and he is drowning. The waters are engulfing him. It's threatening him. It says the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. Dear Lord, I mean, you know you got it bad when seaweed is wrapped around your head. I mean, God not only is arranging fish, but he's arranging seaweed to choke you. That's a bummer right there. Now, look at this. It says, to the roots of the mountains. Where's the roots of the mountain? Think about this. How many of y'all ever been to an island? Let's say Hawaii. Anybody ever been to Hawaii? Some of y'all, I hate you. By the way. No, there's love. I'll hug you later. All right. Hawaii is a mountain. The roots of the Hawaiian Islands is where? Under the, under the sea. Right? Cool? So he is at the roots of the mountains. He is at the bottom of the sea. I sank down. The earth beneath me barred me in forever. I mean, let that mental image sink in of you. The seaweed is wrapped around his head. Jonah is drowning. He is sinking like a rock. He knows he's going to die. Weeds are choking him to death. God has him every which way but loose. He's drowning. I mean, he, he, he's thinking, I've got maybe one or two seconds left of air before my natural inclination is for my mouth to open up. And I'm going to suck in this seawater, sea and I'm going to die. I'm at the bottom of the ocean, and he's opening his eyes, and he's trying to see around, and it's just darkness. And he's looking around, and he's thinking, this is it. I'm done. And all of a sudden, he sees these, this big open mouth come towards him and gulp. And he takes a breath and he's not dead. He's not dead. Let me tell you, the whale, the great fish was sent not to judge Jonah, but to deliver Jonah. You see, those big jaws coming at him like you know, jaws in 3D or whatever. I mean, he, here he is in the belly of this fish, and he is praying a prayer of thanksgiving. He was drowning, and God provided the fish. The fish saved his life. The whale wasn't sent to judge Jonah. It was sent to deliver and to save Jonah. Why? Because God is generous with his grace, and he's thorough with his discipline. And the fish swallowing Jonah wasn't trying to get or pay back Jonah. It was to bring him back. It was to win him back. Look at this, verse 6. But you, in the midst of all the pain and all the fear, all the terror, all the up and down and the sickness, the death and the darkness, in the midst of all that, when I thought it was over and I thought I don't deserve any of this, this is more than I can bear, he says, but you. And today, you may be getting a but you moment right now because it says, but you, Lord my God, you brought me up from the pit, the pit that you put me in. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered who? What does it say? I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you from your holy temple. And then it gets to this next verse, and I love this next verse. In fact, we're going to tease this out a little bit. 
Because all of us, when we run from God, we run to something, to someone, to a business deal, to a partner, to whatever it looks like, and you're running from God, and all of us have those experiences, all right? We run from God to something, and this right here, he he describes the dilemma that every person who's running from God faces, but he condenses it in such a single statement, verse 8. Those who cling to what? Worthless what? Worthless idols. Those who claim or cling to worthless idols forfeit. That means lose or abandon, give up. You don't experience God's love for them. Now, I I love this. When we run from God, it's all about running to something. God, I want to leave you because I know if you say, can I be with him or her, or can I go to this job thing, or can I do this, you're going to say no. So I'm leaving you, God, in the dust, and I'm going to do it anyway. Here's what Jonah is teaching us, that every us, when we, we, when we run from God to someone, when we run from God to an opportunity, when we run from God to a lifestyle, when we run from God to pleasure, whatever that looks like, when we run from God to friends, that when we run from God, you run to do something. But here's the thing Jonah's showing us, that every time we run from God to whatever that is, fill in your blank, they're going to come a point, they're going to come a place when we finally get what they're running to that it's not going to fulfill. It's not going to be the answer in our life. That we finally get to the place in life, in that season of life, in that status of life, that what we're running towards, that we realize that what they've devoted, what you and I have devoted our lives to, isn't what we thought it was. And they begin to miss what they used to have. And what did they used to have? God's love. Now hear me, it doesn't mean that God doesn't stop loving them, but it says that they forfeited God's love. It means God's still loving, but we've walked away from our Heavenly Father. We don't experience that love anymore. What they gave up in that relationship, what they pursued, wasn't worth what they gave up. Everyone, we always give up something. Here's one person said this, when we sin, it always takes, us far, always takes us farther than we expect it to. It costs more than we ever hope it would cost. And it always leads to a dead-end street called death. In fact, there's a verse in the Bible that says this, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death and destruction. And see, that's what it is. We run from God and we say, I'm going to go on this six-lane highway and I'm going to go get drunk, baby. I'm going to go shack up. I'm going to do what you fill in the blank. Whatever you run from God from, eventually, though, you come to the end of it and you go, I think I kind of miss being what I used to be and I miss my relationship with God. And I want you to hear very clearly, God hasn't left you. He's not even trying to pay you back with all the junk that you're experiencing right now. He's just trying to bring you back. He's trying to win you back. It's not until we're broken. It's not until we're busted. It's not until we're caught. It's not until we, we, our backs are up against the wall that it all becomes clear to us, and it, like it became clear to Jonah, that you know what? I'm going to stop clinging to my worthless idol, and I'm going back to you. White flag. I surrender, verses 9 and 10. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. I, I, what I have vowed, I will make good on. I will say salvation comes from the Lord, and the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up onto dry land. Look at this, verse 1. Then the Lord 
came to Jonah a second time. Now, what do you think Jonah did? Smelling like fish vomit. Ugh. Right? Picking fish heads out of his hair, hairnet. And he's throwing those down. And now God comes to Jonah a second time and says, what are you going to do? Why? Because God is generous in his grace and he's thorough in his discipline. Because his goal isn't to pay us back. It's to win us back. It's to bring us back. Now here's what I'm going to do for the rest of the time. I want you to turn off your phone, close your Bibles. We're going to do something today here at One Church that I've never done before, to be honest with you. And we're doing something. I'm going to create some space for you guys to be able, to those who've been running from God, to publicly, to visibly, to tangibly come and declare the fact that you're not going to run anymore. In just a few minutes, we're going to do, the band's going to come out and they're going to play, and uh, they're going to sing a song. And I'm inviting some of you who you know who you are. I mean, I don't know who you are. I mean, some of you are like, I'm just not going to do it. That's cool. You don't, you're not wrestling with me about this. You're wrestling with God on this. You wrestling with me, I'll lose. You wrestle with God, I'm pretty sure he's going to win, right? But here's what we're going to do. This time, we're just going to have a declaration that this day, something that you're going to forget, that I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, you know what, I am going to stop running. I'm going to publicly declare to my family, to my children, to your husband, to your wife, to your fancy, you may be, you know what, you may have been running from a situation and you can't get back. But now you're in a new family. You te- you're standing up with your family now and say, I am stop. I'm going to stop running now. Up to this point, I have been running from God, and right now I am sharing to you. It could be that the be- husbands, the best thing you can give your wives is for you to stand up and walk down this aisle and just kneel down front. There's not going to be anybody down here. It's just going to be you and God. But for you to just kneel down and pray and say, you know what, God? I've been running for far too long. And I know some of the mess that's happened in my life has happened not because you're trying to pay me back, not because you're just trying to kick me when I'm down. But this stuff has happened to bring me back to the point where I will worship you again. Ladies, some of the best things that you can do for your husband or your children is to be able to make the declaration here in a minute as we sing this song to say, you know what? I surrender. In fact, not, not only do I just surrender that, what I've been running from, I surrender it all. I'm giving it all to you, Jesus. And one of the best gifts you could give your children, one of the best gifts you could give your parents is say, you know what? I'm done running. I'm not perfect. I may still have questions. But at this point, today, in August, I'm giving it up. I'm stopping running. And I'm coming back to you, God. So Josh is getting ready to sing. He's going to sing a song called, I Surrender All. And for some of you, some of you, you need to sing this with all of your heart and all of your soul. You need to just belt it out. Some of you, you don't even need to open your mouth because you know it's a lie. There are some of you, you've planned coming back to God after fall break because you got something planned 
and then you'll come back and everything will be good after you do whatever it is you're going to do. We plan our coming back. We can't do that. The reason why you're here today isn't an accident. God knows, and God is not trying to pay you back. That's what Jesus did on the cross. God is saying, I love you so much, I want to bring you back to me. I love you so much, I want to win you back. Come back. So down here, with nobody looking around, this is going to be you and God. When Josh starts singing, this is your time. This is your white flag prayer. This is the time when you say, God, I surrender it to you. And some of you are like, God, this aisle is really long. Let me tell you what's even longer. A life keeping on running from God. I going to do? Let's pray. Dear God, I just thank you so much for the men and women who are here today, God. Lord, they're here not by accident, but Lord, they're here because all of us, all of us, myself included, all of us, we go astray. We go, we do our own thing. Lord, we need you. God, I pray for the courage of men and women and teenagers to be able to say, you know what? I've been doing things my own way, my own time, and I've been running from God to fill in the blank. And God, it ends today. Today is when I come back. Today is when I surrender.